Hi, my name is Skylar Fontaine, and I am from Northeastern Women's Hockey, and you are listening to College Hockey Talk. Before we get to today's episode, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media accounts on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at College Hockey Talk for all updates on college hockey and this podcast. Also, follow our Spotify account and subscribe to our Apple Podcast page and leave a rating and review. Doing these things helps our podcast grow, helps new people find us, and I would really appreciate it if you did those things. It means a lot. Make sure you also follow our new TikTok account at College Hockey Talk for clips from this podcast. Enjoy today. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I am joined by senior from the Northeastern Women's Hockey Team, Skylar Fontaine. Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, Skylar, and how's everything going? Thank you for having me. Everything's good. I'm just kind of settling in at home for Easter weekend and getting back into schoolwork. That's good to hear. And obviously a lot has happened since we last talked. Uh, I want to start off the podcast though, asking how are you doing? Because uh, you just lost the national championship game uh, about two weeks ago. Have you fully processed what just happened and uh, how have you been reflecting on it so far? Yeah, um, honestly, that whole experience was incredible for everyone involved on our team. And even though we lost, we did make history in our program. So I think we won in some way. Um, It took me a little bit to, I think, completely comprehend what happened in that game because it was such a good game, 0-0 for most of the game, then 1-1, and that overtime goal was just so – it was just such a weird goal, and I think we all just – didn't realize what happened right away because it was just like a weird bounce into the net after such a hard fought game. And we've all been through so much during the pandemic, but um, I was incredibly proud of myself, my teammates, my coaching staff, everyone who was there to help make um, our journey the best it possibly could. Um, But yeah, we, we fought hard and at the end of the day, we still made history at our school and that's all, and I'm proud of everyone and that's all I could ask for. Yeah, what was it like being a player in that atmosphere and setting? Because normally in the national tournament, they have like kind of the red carpet set up. It's obviously a full house with the pep bands going. And obviously this year was a little bit different. What was it like being a player in the setting and atmosphere of that sort? I, I mean, I don't know any other um, atmosphere for Frozen Four or the championship game because that was the first time our um, program has been there. But I think it was special just in itself because we got to have parents and friends come to the games where we did not get that the entire season because of the pandemic. So it was just an unbelievable feeling to be able to look up in the stands and see my parents or my teammates' parents and them cheering us on and supporting us. So I think it was just an amazing atmosphere and and um, experience just be- for that. Um, but 
I think it was definitely a whole nother level of hockey. I think it was very intense. Um, the amount of like press that was there um, promoting women's hockey too as well was just great to see. And um, it was awesome to see them uh, having it on ESPN U and um, overall it was just a great experience. Yeah, definitely. And I guess like what's Erie like as a city because I've never been there before and I don't even know what it's like. That's the first time I've been there too. And we didn't really get to see much of the city because we weren't allowed anywhere. We were only pretty much allowed to go get tested in our hotel room in the rink. We had to Uber Eats everything, but we were on the water. Um, our hotel was on the water and it was very nice. We got to walk around the entire um, lake and it was just, it was really nice to be able to be out in fresh air for a while. And um, everyone there was really nice and, um, asked a lot of questions and what we were doing and supportive. So uh, overall it was a great experience and the entire city was very kind. Yeah. And what was the stadium like? Because obviously Connor McDavid played there in his junior career, which I found out just recently, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I found that out when we were there. I didn't know he played at that rink and I found out um, while we were practicing and I guess a couple of the rink um staff would t talk to our training staff about it and I thought it was pretty cool um he's an unbelievable player and I just thought it was cool to be able to be in the same um play in the same rink as him and um be able to see like what he experienced the stadium was cool it was big um it was definitely bigger than Matthews, <laughs> but um, I don't know. It was just overall a great experience and being able to play in a rink in um, a different city and getting to spread women's hockey was just great. Yeah, definitely. And I kind of want to start off this podcast talking about what happened before the whole national tournament. Uh, so Northeastern had one of the best regular seasons in the country and in program history. You only lost one game in regulation. Uh, how did you guys try to maintain that success throughout the regular season, especially in hockey's where teams are putting a target on your back? I think we started off a little slow just because it was very hard to form chemistry and a team bond during our strict rules and regulations with the pandemic because we were all in different locker rooms and couldn't practice all together at once for a long time. But we would have socially distanced meetings, of course, and um, – we would talk about how we were going to get through this together. And the only way we're going to get through it is take it one day at a time and lean on one another. And that was from the coaching staff down to the players. And I think how close we were and how much we supported one another and how open and honest we were with one another helped with our success. Because at the end of the day, we all wanted each and every one of us to succeed and the program to succeed. So I think definitely that was the biggest attribute to our success was just keeping each other accountable and being there for one another and supporting one another. Yeah, and how do your, does your team handle the pressure of being the number one team in the country? Because there's obviously a lot of outside noise and expectation that comes with that ranking. I, I think that the way our team looked at it was take each game one day at a time one and two 
we didn't think that much into it. We didn't think into the rankings. We didn't, we didn't think, oh, we were the best because at the end of the day, anyone can come into an arena and beat you if you're not ready to play. So I think our main goal was every day we step in that rank, play Northeastern hockey. And if we play Northeastern hockey and play the way we know how to play, then we should come out with a win. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that's how we went into it mentally, because a lot of times if you go into it saying we're number one, they're going to come for us, they're going to have our backs, you kind of add pressure and anxiety to yourself and to your team that I feel like is not needed because everyone's playing the sport they love. Everyone's playing because they enjoy it and they want to win and they want to have fun. So I think as long as we just went out there and did what we were supposed to do and stuck to our systems, we had, um, we were confident in ourselves. Yeah, and definitely. And I guess like you had to deal with a lot of schedule changes throughout the regular season. How do you mentally stay prepared for all those changes and postponements to your schedule? And what was the key for maintaining flexibility? Because I know in hockey's, you guys didn't even find out who you're going to play until Tuesday before the weekend series. Yeah. Um, the beginning of the year was a lot different than the end of the year. I think the end of the year, we got a very more, uh, got, I'm sorry. <laughs> At the end of the year, we had a very consistent schedule. I feel like, yeah, we still didn't know who we were playing until Tuesday, but we played every weekend. Whereas the beginning of the year we had, games canceled last minute we were getting on the bus and the game got canceled um but the way we got through it was we all just knew that nothing was guaranteed this year and that we had to make the best out of every situation and every game we had to bring our best because we didn't know when the last one was and I think that that's how we stayed positive and continued to have a great year by just saying we have to take this one day at a time, one step at a time. And if we play great, we're going to bring it. But if we don't, then that's all right. We're going to go back to practice and keep working. And then hopefully we'll play the next game. How did your preparation change this year compared to other years just because you didn't know who you were going to play until Tuesday? Like, was there any change in preparation at all? Or was it sort of similar to the previous three years you were at Northeastern? Um, it was similar. I think once again at the beginning of the year, it was a little hard for all of us to be like, oh, are we actually going to play this week? Or do you think we're going to play? Or are like those types of things went through everyone's minds. And I think it was a little hard to get, um, a get into a rhythm of things. But once we kind of all came once again to the same mentality of we don't know if we're going to play, but we still have to prepare like we're going to play that's when I think it clicked in for all of us and nothing changed then on. We just knew we were going to prepare to play and as if we were going to play. And if we played, then great. If not, that's all right. We're going to continue to keep working. Now, three and three overtime was also introduced to college hockey this year. What was that like for yourself being an offensive def defenseman and having more space on the ice and having more chances for offensive opportunities? We didn't really I think we only had one opportunity for 3v3 and I think I only got out there one shift um but I love when I have the space and time to use my speed and um being out there with all that ice it's a great feeling and I feel like I have all the time in the world to just kind of make a play or 
use my speed and take space or take it back and reevaluate. Um, but I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was awesome how um, we introduced that into the game. Um, we didn't use it at NCAA. We used regular five on five. But um, the one time we used it, it was fun. And we practiced a lot during um, the week 3v3. So it kind of came naturally to us when we had to do it. And um, yeah, next year, I, as I plan on going back, hopefully we don't go into OT very often, but um, it's exciting to play. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it because it eliminates ties. I am not a tie guy. I don't know about I'm yourself. Not a tie girl. <laughs> so that was like one reason why I loved it. And I think it also showcased a lot of college hockey player skill sets, which I think is important to help grow the game. Yeah, I agree. I think I I rather a win or a loss over a tie because I don't think I don't agree with it, but it's it's inevitable. It's going to happen, but um I rather just know, but I definitely think that it did show skill sets in many teams and players that you don't, you can't normally showcase in a 5v5 game because there's a lot of players and you don't have as much time and space. But I definitely think that it helped grow and show the skill set in women's hockey. Yeah, no, it was fun. Like Natalie Snodgrass was super fun to watch 3v3 because she has so much speed and she's also really skilled handling the puck. That was like a player, for example, that I loved watching on those three and three overtime situations. Yeah, she's a good friend of mine, actually. She's awesome on and off the ice. And I I love playing against her. She always challenges me. And um, yeah, she's someone with a great shot, great hands and great speed. So she, I'm sure she was very interesting to watch on 3v3. Now, do you have to be more defensively minded in those situations? Because if you make one little defensive mistake, it can cause an odd man rush for the other team. Um, yeah, 3v3 or man on man. So as long as you know where your man is at all times, you're pretty much um, good. But you do need to be very puck smart because you can't be throwing the puck or they're going to go down on a two on one or a three on one. So I do think you definitely have to use your head a little bit more. Um, and make smart decisions. And if you don't see anything, then you pull it out of the zone and you regroup with your teammates and then go back in. Um, but I definitely think that you need to balance a bit more offensive and defensive when you're in those 3v3 situations. Now, you're obviously a senior this year. How would you evaluate your leadership skills? And are you more of a vocal or lead by example type of player? I know you guys only had like four freshmen, but how'd you try to like help their transition to college hockey as well? Yeah, I mean, being a senior, you automatically become a leader, whether you're, um, you have a letter or not, you, you look, the younger girls look up to you. And I definitely um, wanted to make sure that every, all the four freshmen coming in felt comfortable and felt like they were a part of the family because four freshmen is not that many freshmen. Um, but I think that all of us as a unit, as a team, and the leadership um, captains did a very good job of making them feel welcome and making them feel like they had a voice. And I definitely am a more vocal leader. I am always having fun on the ice, smiling, cheering, making sure everyone's, um, I don't know how to explain it, making sure everyone's energy is up. And um, I think that's definitely where I come, but I come into play as a leader, but I also, I think I lead by example on the ice and, and off the ice, but I think that 
when it comes into the when I come into the rink, a lot of girls, a lot of the younger girls, especially the defensemen, would come up to me and ask me questions on our um, on our systems or whatever. And I'm always there to help, and I love taking the freshmen under my wing because at the end of the day, I was a freshman too, and so was everyone else on the team. And it's it was even more a difficult year this year than I think it was for any of us. So. Um, I always let them know I was always there to talk or if they needed anything. So I definitely think that I was very vocal <laughs> as a leader. Definitely. And did you guys try to bring the energy on the bench during games? Because watching some parts of the national tournament, I don't know if it was just the microphones that ESPN had, but like you can just hear you guys just going crazy for every play. Was that something you guys like worked on? Yeah, that's one of the big keys in our game. I think that we always bench energy is something that you can control. And in the game of hockey, you can't control a lot of things. And when you can control the controllables, like bench energy and supporting one another, that can change a game. That can make people feel confident. That can make people feel like they're doing something right. And then it lead, and then they have a better shift and a better shift. So we always make sure that we have bench energy and that everyone's um, supporting one another and there's positivity and um, Something as small as a block shot is huge. So we make sure we're yelling and screaming that for that even more than a goal. Because without that block shot, that goal wouldn't have happened. So I definitely think that's a big key to our game. And when we play games, having um, positive, um, supportive bench energy. Was it weird not playing in front of it? We no. call it energy. <laughs> oh, nice. That's a cool name. I think other teams should try to adapt to that. <laughs> Now, was it weird not playing in front of any fans this year, especially at Matthews? And especially a season like you guys had where, like, fans would definitely be coming to the games a lot and it would be probably full house, especially at Matthews. Yeah, it was a little weird. And um, I think it was very disappointing for some people, especially since my brother was there this year at Northeastern. Um, my mom and the rest of my family was very disappointed because they would want to come watch us and then watch my brother later. But um, – it became reality and after a few games you kind of got used to it and um it wasn't fun at first because you miss looking looking up and seeing everyone's parents and friends and family and waving and having um smiles on their faces and can't wait to see them after the games um but it was something we had to adapt to, and I think we did a great job of it. And we ended up making it to Frozen Four, which we got to, our parents got to watch and play. So I think that in the end, it came full circle for us, and we got to enjoy that little luxury that you really didn't think about when you were playing in regular games. Yeah, definitely. And having a brother at Northeastern, did that help you, I guess, like during this year because you couldn't really see many of your family members? Um, yeah, I, since we're on different teams, obviously, I didn't really get to see him much because we have our own rules on each teams. And um, I would have seen him a lot more if it was a regular year. We always are in the, the rinks at the same times, both teams, and we interact and we go to each other's games and support one another. But we couldn't do that, obviously, this year. And then the chances I did have, we would go out to lunch or go shopping or do something like that where we could be um, distant from one another. But um, 
yeah, it was a cool experience. It's interesting that now we have the same group of friends and we all hang out when we can. Um, and when, uh, hopefully if I go back next year, um, things will be back to normal and we'll be able to spend a lot more time together. But it was definitely a great experience. It was fun seeing him there. The coaching staff supports him and on my team and their coaching staff supports me. So it's just like a great family um, little thing we have going there. Definitely. He was also drafted in the NHL last year. Was that a big proud sister moment? Yeah, I think I teared up a little, honestly. He works so hard and he's such a good kid that um, when he finally got his chance and he got drafted to Nashville, me and my sister and my mom were so incredibly proud of him and excited. We were actually in a restaurant and we got up and screamed. <laughs> and the whole restaurant looked at us and we were like, I'm so sorry. Um, and then we immediately went to see my brother because he was at a friend's house, actually. He was at Sam Colangelo's. And we immediately went and saw him because we were close. Um, and we got to hang out with him and support him and celebrate him. And um, it was just a great experience. And I'm so incredibly happy for him. And Nashville's a nice city. Are you excited to visit there when you get the chance? <laughs> yeah, I actually asked my mom if we can go. And he goes to camp. And she was like, I don't know if he'll want us there. I said, yeah. I want to go so bad. It looks so fun. Yeah, definitely. That's like a cool city. I've never been there before, but everyone tells me like Nashville is like a great place to visit, like especially yeah. since the nightlife's awesome there. So I definitely have to go sometime. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Now, in the first game in the hockey's tournament, you played UNH and someone, one of your teammates was telling me, Maureen Murphy, was saying the score really didn't dictate uh, what actually happened during that game. I guess like what challenges does UNH bring as a team because they did beat you guys during the regular season and how do, what do you overall take away from that game? Yeah, they're they're a good team. They um, know how to get the puck to the net. And um, when a team knows how to do that, it's a little difficult to defend because when they can get it to the net from the corners, from the points, and from inside the house, um, you always got to be on point and always know where your player is and where the puck's going to be. And I think that they also are, have speed and um, they're physical, which – is hard to play against and um yeah I definitely think that they're a good team you then played UConn uh talk about that game because it was obviously one of the closest games in the hockey's tournament this year and talk about the goal that Chloe AR scored and what was going through your mind when you were setting up that pass yeah um once again they're a great team um I knew they were going to come out hard against us because of last year's um, finals game and I knew they were they had something to prove against us and they were gonna make us work for it and um, we knew we had to go and be our best and um, it was a close game uh, I remember we were on PK and um, the forward unfortunately but fortunately for us um, tripped and fell and uh leaners took the puck and passed it to me and we went on a two-on-one and chloe gave it back to me and i <laughs> they always yell at me to shoot because i don't shoot enough um and i heard her yelling shoot but i had nothing the goalie completely took every angle away from me so i passed it back to her and thankfully she put it in the net um but it was just a great feeling and i think it was a hard-fought win and um it was a great feeling to be able to come out with that win and um, move on. 
You then beat Providence in the Hockey East Finals. Talk about winning your fourth Hockey East title, and what does that mean to you, especially doing it at Matthews? That was a good game as well. Once again, great team. Um, we, for me at least, it was completely full, and for our senior class, um, it was like a full circle for me because freshman year we won at Matthews Arena, and then my senior year, we won at Matthews Arena. And I remember, I think it was standing next to Aaron Frankel, and it was after all the awards had been um, given. And she looked at me and she was like, Skylar. And I was like, Aaron, we just won four years in a row. And she was like, I know. Like, we were just so um, in shock. And we had a great team and we knew we could do it, but we were like, wow, like, we have never lost a hockey playoff game ever in the four years we've been here and when she said that to me I was just like wow like we have a great group of people on and off the ice and we wouldn't have been able to do that without the entire staff our athletic training staff like everyone behind us and it was just a great feeling and I think I can speak for everyone that we were just so incredibly proud and after the crazy year we had with the pandemic and nothing being given to us or everything was kind of up in the air. It was just a great feeling. And um, I'm just incredibly proud of myself and everyone on our team. Yeah. And uh, what was your mindset heading into the tournament this year after getting the number one seeding in the tournament as well? I think that my mindset first was take one game at a time, but two, I wanted to win that first game so bad to make it to frozen four because now this was our fourth year being here and we hadn't make it made it to that. Um, and I think that was everyone's goal and main goal because no, no team in program history has made it to the frozen four. So um, I think we went in knowing we were good and we deserved that spot and that we wanted to prove to everyone that we could make it and we could win. And um, sadly we came up a bit short, but um, we played against some, incredible teams there and um overall once again like I said it was just an amazing experience and um it was so great to be able to make it to the frozen four and um add that to our program yeah I want to talk a little bit about the frozen four you played Minnesota Duluth in the first game you guys were down by two goals heading into the third period what was the message in the locker room uh in the second intermission yeah, I remember the first period, we, we weren't up yet, and we got into the locker room after the first period, and we were like, we need to wake up, and we need to play Northeastern hockey and play with our speed if we want to win this game. Um, UMD is an incredible team. They're fast. They're physical. They have great skill they're from the net out, and um, when we were down 2-1 to one going into the third, we – we're very calm. We knew we could come back. We knew we were in this game again. We knew we could um, play with them. And we had a power play, and we knew we had to capitalize on that power play in order to get back in this game. And I remember Brooke passed it to me, and I passed it to Murph, and Murph got that first goal to get us going. And right? Yeah. Yes. And then, yeah, sorry. I'm getting mixed up on all my – uh, on all the games but um and then I remember the second um the second goal V got 
into the corner and got that puck and passed it to Renner and Renner got a shot on net and Katie got the rebound and then got her own rebound and scored and that play was incredible because without V battling for that puck and without Renner getting that puck on net that goal would not have gone in and um that tied us up there and then we went into overtime and I remember I was so tired and I remember I did not want to lose this game. I wanted to win so bad just as much as every single person next to me in that locker room did. And I knew if we came together as a team, we could do it. And we played so hard and so strong. And um, it was actually crazy after the game. I had no idea how many shots I got on net until someone told me. Um, But I also had no idea that there was only 26 seconds left in the um, overtime when I scored. But I remember the faceoff was in our ozone and I looked at coach Berman. I go, I'm going. And she was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm going. So I went out there and they wanted back. And I knew they were trying to go weak side every single time to break it out. So I read it and picked it and um, ended up going around um, the player that was trying to defend me and scored and her um, over her shoulder and I kind of blacked out a little bit afterwards and um, I just couldn't believe we won and we wouldn't have won without the team effort and um, it was just incredible feeling that we were going to the championship game. Yeah Lena Mueller was saying like how she kept telling you to keep shooting in that intermission before overtime is that true? Yeah she was like a bunch of them actually like Merv, Chloe, Alina, they're like, Skylar, just keep shooting. One's got to go in. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying. <laughs> yeah, and what was going through your head when you scored that goal? Because I was, when watching it on TV, it felt like it was kind of like a slow motion goal because it went over the goalie's pad and then like it kind of just trickled in. I was like, wow, that went really slowly. I'm like, I'm assuming for the players, it must have felt much longer than that. Yes, for. I got so many text messages after saying that goal felt like it was in slow motion, but it looked it for me too, because I was like, is that going, like, I was skating, I was like, is that going in, that was going in, and then it went in, and I was just, I kind of just remember, like, I got an overwhelming feeling of one, relief, because I was tired, and they were a good team, but two, I was like, we worked so hard for this, and we wanted this win so bad, since the first practice of the season we wanted to be in this position so for us to win it it was just an incredible feeling and for my teammates to be around and um I get to like hug every single one of them and um yeah it was just an incredible feeling and it was every single person on Northeastern made that win happen it was not an individual effort it was not um one line it was it was every single person that whether it was our training staff down to the last player on our team that um that made that happen yeah and playing Robert Morris the game before what was your excitement level going to your first frozen four yeah that was a good team as well and we never have played a team in that conference before um and um they were a good team. They had some players that had a lot of skill and um, we played how we knew how to play and we ended up coming out with the win. But after we won, we were just so excited. We were like, we're going to Frozen Four. Um, but 
yeah, I think we just also needed to take a step back and not get too high and not get too low and just kind of stay even and get ready for the next game. And I think that's what we did for the whole week. How'd you handle the nerves of playing in the national championship game? Because I don't know if I could do it. That seems like, I don't know, just a lot would going through my mind, but I guess like re- I was reading a psychologist and they were talking about like how you have to think about it just as a regular game. So you don't get like overhyped for it. Was that something you were doing trying to prepare for it? Yeah, it was actually interesting. I was more nervous for the semifinal game than I was the final game. And I think it was because we had never played UMD before. I had no idea what to expect. Um, whereas we play, I've played Wisco before and I knew what to expect from them. And I knew a ton of the players on that team. Um, but I think for me, I definitely go into it as this is just – a regular game, even though I know it's not, but it helps with my nerves and it helps me calm down. And um, yeah, I definitely do agree with that. Um, but you clearly obviously know it's not a regular game and the atmosphere around and everyone wants that championship. Um, but yeah, just breathing techniques and just taking it all in and just enjoying the moment is definitely what helps me calm down and play my game and not be worried about um, the end result. Uh, Talk about playing out of conference teams. And I guess like, what was that like? Because you didn't play an out of conference schedule during the regular season. So was it a bit of an adjustment playing teams from the WCHA and the CHA? Yeah, I definitely think it was a bit of an adjustment because no one had played out of their conference so no one really knew what to expect no one we just saw from video and film and um it was it was fun it was exciting to play teams you hadn't played before because we were just playing the same team over teams over and over again in our conference which is which is great but usually you normally get a few games outside of your conference so um it was a lot of fun and I enjoyed the way they did it. I know they only did it because of the pandemic, but I thought it was a lot of fun to be able to go stay somewhere for a week and um, kind of be in like, I know it was a bubble, but I thought it was pretty cool experience to be able to stay there. And if you keep winning, you keep staying and um, being around to everyone. Now that game was really physical. I guess, how'd you adjust to the physicality that Wisconsin brought? Yeah, I I think all three teams there were physical and um, each game, I think, helped us lead up to that final game. I think that we learned something about our team each game we played, which was instrumental for us making it to the finals. But um, yeah, I think that each, I think RMU and UMD both um, really helped us realize what we were capable of and um, they're both great teams and um, physical and we had to realize that we had to be equally as physical and um, use our speed. And I think that really helped with us uh, moving into the finals against Wisconsin. Yeah, no. And I guess the refs really swallowed the whistle in that game because there was some hitting that happened, I guess, like what was your reaction to all of that, especially the first period where you guys were kind of throwing bodies to each other? Yeah, I, I expected the whistles to be away in the finals because we want to play. Like we want to play the sport we love. And um, 
it's not fun when the whistles are out and every two minutes a penalty is being called. And as long as it's not a dirty game, they were letting us play. And um, I, I mean, it was fun. It was fun to get out there and play such a high paced game and um, a physical game. And um, yeah, I, I thought it was great. And they didn't let it get out of hand, which is the most important part. And both teams were just out there playing and wearing their hearts on their sleeves. Do you think hitting should be allowed in women's hockey? Um, I don't know. That's, a, that's actually a difficult question. Um, I think we're capable of it. I think we're strong enough to handle it. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not really my decision. And um, I play, I grew up playing men's hockey and um I know what comes with hitting and sometimes it slows the game down, but I, I think without hitting, it really shows how women's hockey has skill and we have speed and we're um, hopefully we continue to keep growing that. But um, I, I don't actually know the answer to that question. <laughs> no, I was just curious because like in that first period, like I mentioned, there was some like quote unquote hits that are being taken. <laughs> I think you got hit a little bit in the first period. Am I wrong? Yeah, I got hit a few times, but I'm I'm okay with it. I'll get right back up and keep mm -hmm. playing. I think I think it's um I think it's fun when you are playing the game and it's physical, obviously not when it's dirty, but um yeah, I mean it was it was fun. Now I guess like heading into overtime in the national tournament or national championship game, what was your mindset um heading into that um overtime period? especially after you scored the quick goal after Wisconsin just scored in the third period? Yeah, I think that we knew this was our last game and we just wanted to go out there and be able to leave no matter the outcome. We wanted to be able to leave that ice and say we gave it our all. And I genuinely think we can all say that we did that. That last goal was just unlucky bounce off a defenseman into the net that like, I never saw coming. No one ever saw coming. Um, but it was a hard fought game and going into overtime, I just knew that I couldn't think about the outcome. I, I just had to go out and play. And I think that my whole team just went out and played and um, it was a good game, unfortunate ending, but it was a great game. And I think that um, we can all carry this experience into next year. How's Megan Carter doing? Because I felt so bad because that was not even her fault at all. It just was a weird bounce. She's such a great person. So smart. She won the award. Um, she is a great defenseman. I love playing with her. I played with her all last year, actually. She was my deep partner. Um, my heart broke for her because there was nothing she could have done. She's great, by the way. Sorry. She, she knew we all had her back. She, we knew she, she knew we were all supporting her, that none of us thought it was her fault at all. Um, we all made sure she knew that we all thought that it was not her fault. Um, but I think definitely it stung a little bit, stung for all of us a little bit. But um, yeah, she's just a great player. And um, I think that if anyone was put in that position, they would have handled it the same as she did. And I probably would have handled it worse if I were her. So I completely, um, 
support her and um, I'm proud of the way she um, handles herself. And at the end of the day, things happen and you can't control how they happen. And I'm sure we're all gonna want that goal back, but um, she'll bring it next year. And I think that hopefully we'll be in that same position and instead we come out with the win. But um, I don't think we're looking too far ahead. I think we're just kind of gonna focus on the positives throughout the year for a while. And then um, when next season comes around, take one game at a time. Yeah, I'd be scared to play you guys next year. You lost the national championship. You got a chip on your shoulder. If I'm one of those hockey East teams, I'll be legit shivering in my pads. Be, that's going to be tough, tough. You guys have to play if that happens for yourself, if you're going to play next year. I guess, like, overall, what did you take away from this past year? Overall, my takeaway is just enjoy every moment and stay in the moment because you never know when your next opportunity is going to be. And I think that – Honestly, the pandemic has taught all of the, all of us that for everything we do in our lives. I think that um, I think it made me realize how special and important the little things are in life, and especially on a team, like we all became so much closer, I think, because we all went through things that a lot of people did not go through. Um, Clearly, what we are living in is um, very difficult and people go through much worse than what we did. But um, yeah, I think the main takeaway would be to just enjoy every moment and um, live in the now. Now, you achieved a lot of individual success this year as well. How did it feel uh, to see yourself be nominated for the Patty Kazma Award and just get talked a lot about on ESPN? Because watching that game, they were really praising you a lot. It was awesome to see because I think you deserve it. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think it was incredibly humbling. Um, I'm not really one to um, really dwell on um, – awards and achievements because I think that I can always grow and be better but um to be nominated for top 10 Patty Kaz it was such an honor and I was so grateful and um all those other 10 uh sorry nine players are so incredibly great and I know a few of them and they're great great people on and off the ice and I was so happy for Erin and so supportive and we were actually at camp and I ran up to her and gave her the biggest hug and I was like you deserve this and um she's a great player and um yeah it was just I think overall it was a great year but I would not have been able to have all my achievements without everyone on the team next to me yeah, I know. What was your, I guess, like when Aaron won it, won it, that was pretty cool because it, first of all, I was watching the tournament games while it was going on. It was yeah. like 50 minute, like show, like that was like, I felt yeah, like. It was a very long show. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I actually FaceTimed a bunch of the girls at school that were watching it on a big TV. And I was on FaceTime with them since I couldn't be with Aaron because she was on um, TV. But, um, we all kind of went, we all went crazy when she won. We, I think we all kind of hoped and we thought she would win, but um, obviously nothing is guaranteed. But when we won, we were so happy for her. And she's such a team player. And you even heard her say in her interview, oops, sorry, you okay. even um, heard her say in her interview that she would not be there without um, 
her entire uh, team and we feel the same way towards her and um, I definitely do as well. So it was, it was just an incredible experience and I think it was great for Northeastern hockey as well. Now you're going to make your TV appearance on Saturday night, I guess. Are you excited <laughs> for that? Was that? Is that a pre-recorded interview or is it going to be live? No, it was pre-recorded. I actually just finished um, filming it yesterday. Um, I'm really excited. I think it'll be really interesting. I think that if you can watch it, you definitely should. Um, I'm the first girl um, women's hockey player for them to have. Um, so definitely love that they're uh, promoting women's hockey and getting the word out there. And I think it's going to be a really great show. I'm excited about it. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely be watching that, especially because I was looking through the account. They had like players like Matt Boldy on. So it's cool that you're going to be recognized with those type of players. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was when they were, um, when they were uh, reaching out to me and telling me about it, I was like, wow, like you want me to be on here with all these great um, players and, they were so incredibly kind and um, supportive. And honestly, I think that it's going to be great. And I love what they do. So um, yeah, hopefully it's a great show. Were you nervous a little bit? Cause you knew it was going to be broadcast on TV because NBC sports, Boston, I know like Felger and Maz, they get like a ton of viewers every like episode or every show that they have. Yeah. I at first was really nervous, but um, they all made me really comfortable. It was like just having a conversation. Um, it it was a great atmosphere. I I think I was nervous for no reason, honestly. But um, yeah, I'm a little nervous for um, it to air and what people to think. But at the end of the day, it's um, my story, and hopefully, people like it and younger girls can relate to it and get out there in the hockey world. Well, that's awesome. I know people are gonna like it. I know you're gonna do a great <laughs> job. I'm excited to see Thank you. Uh, uh, you were at USA camp a few days ago. What was that like? And what was your thoughts on Maddie Rooney's stack save? That was pretty sick. <laughs> Rooney's a great player. Um, she's a great person too. That save was unreal. I remember watching it on the bench and we all were like, Oh my God, did she just save that? Yeah. Um, it was crazy, but um, camp was great. It was um, high paced games. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was overall a great experience. Was it weird playing against those players that you were just fighting for for a national championship? Because I just thought about them. Like, that's got to be a little bit awkward in the beginning. Yeah, but honestly, when, when we're playing against each other, we're not friends because we're, we're, mm -hmm. we were playing for a national championship. But um, most of, a lot of them are actually my close friends. Grace Bowlby actually was my D partner at camp for a bit. And she's obviously the captain on Wisconsin. But we're good friends. And it's – it's stung a little bit, but when you let it go afterwards, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't change it. Um, it was a little weird at first, but it was fine. Um, we all are out there for the same goal and same reason. So, um, yeah, it was just fun to get out there and see everyone again. I think that's just like a hockey mentality because, like, your rival's on the ice, but once your teammates, it's like you forget about all that stuff. And, yeah. like, because I know, like, Wisconsin, a lot of their D-men were on that U.S. roster. I know Nicole Lamontia was on the mm -hmm. uh, camp. Grace Bowlby, like you just mentioned, I think Britta Curl was on the camp yep. as well. So that's, I, I just thought of that. I'm like, that must be a little awkward, I guess, seeing them for the first time. No, it wasn't that awkward. It was a little awkward when people would congratulate them and I was around and yeah. I, um, but other than that, it was, it was fine. Um, I think for me, it's in the past. I think I'll think about it next year when I want to win that national championship. But um, we were on the same team. They were my teammates now. I, I didn't think of them any differently. What are your off-season plans for the moment? 
Um, for right now, I'm going to take a little break because my body is really tired. Um, and then I'm going to get back into training soon and um, hopefully get back on the ice soon. And um, I work out at Edge Performance Center um, in Foxborough um, and enjoy some time with my family because now I can see them and um, not be worried about um, obviously still be careful, but not be worried about exposing my teammates. Um, and um, I don't know, we'll see what the future brings. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I hope you have a great off season. Enjoy the break. You earned it. I, we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast. And my first question to you is if there was a movie made about your life, uh, who would you want to play yourself? Oh, no, I don't know this one. Um, who would I want to play myself? That's a little hard. Okay, I'm going to say Jennifer Aniston just because I love her and I was just watching Friends. And, um, yeah, I'm going to say her just because I think she's great. Even though she's older than me, mm -hmm. um, I still think she's a great actress. So I would say her. Know who else said that? Who I just interviewed yesterday? Who was in camp? <laughs> Gabby Hughes. She was telling really? me. Really? Oh, I love her. She's one of my good friends, too. She's awesome. Jennifer <laughs> so is going to do a lot of hockey movies in the future. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess for myself, I'd probably choose Pete Davidson. We look nothing alike, but I think he's absolutely hysterical, and I love the movie he did, um, Staten Island movie, so that's definitely who I would choose. He is funny, yeah. <laughs> now, what is the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week? Interesting thing I've seen or read this week. Um, I honestly don't know. I was basically in a bubble all week, so, yeah. and I only flew. Um, um, I'm really not sure. Mm -hmm. I guess for me, it'll probably be the five overtime game. I know this is hockey related, but that happened in the uh, semi uh, regional game uh, for a couple a weekend ago. I thought that was really interesting. Oh. Oh, yes. I actually would agree with that. I remember I was up watching and I was like, I got to go to bed. And I woke up the next morning and I saw that they went into five. And yeah, I was, I was up until like, like 2.30 in the morning watching that. Was in I was in shock. And I, I, I actually, to um, further um, that point, I remember watching and reading that the goaltender went up and patted the other goaltender on the back. And I just thought that was in incredibly um, – uh, like a, an amazing um a test a t sorry it was incredibly amazing to see his character come out like that and go and show his respect to that other team and that other goalie I, th I thought that was great I did see that and I um I just thought that was a great um thing that that kid did yeah I agree with you and I think it also teaches uh, kids uh, for sportsmanship which I think is important when you're starting out hockey yeah I agree now, uh, I guess another interesting thing I read or saw this week was Jordan Harris is staying in Northeastern for his senior year. I thought that was really cool. I'm excited to see him uh, be the captain and lead the men's team next year. Yeah, definitely. He's a good kid. I know him very well. Um, he works incredibly hard. He has a great work ethic, and um, I think you'll definitely see him in the um, show one day. But I'm excited that he's going to be back. It'll be fun to watch him play again, and he's a great player, and um, we'll see where that takes him. Now, what is something you wish more people knew about yourself besides being a good hockey player? Um, I don't know. I think 
I think I would want people to know more about the adventurous side of me and that I want to travel around the world so bad. I think that's one of the biggest dreams I have. Um, and that I want to become a lawyer one day. And um, I really want to advocate and help children in any way I can, whether that's um, family law or juvenile law. Um, I really think that's probably those two are the things that I wish people knew more about me. That's awesome. Yeah. And where do you want to go, I guess, when you travel? Like, what's your like bucket list? Oh, everywhere. But um, I think the one place I want to go more than anything is I want to go to Ta- Thailand and go to the elephant sanctuary because elephants are my favorite animals. And um, I want to see the Lantern Festival. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of those. I'm it's not. incredible. If you look up um, Thailand Lantern Festival, it's just the prettiest thing I've ever seen. I guess one place I want to go, and this is a bit weird, I guess, is Sweden, just because they have the Northern Lights there, and I think it'll be cool oh, yeah. to use those in person. Yeah, that would be really cool. Now, how's online school for yourself, and how have you adjusted to the Zoom classes, and how much do you hate Zoom breakout rooms? <laughs> Zoom breakout rooms are not my forte, I will tell you that right now. I get, I'm always that person that will be like, hi, and no one will answer, and I'm like, okay, never mind. <laughs> but, um, I I think at Northeastern, we have a hybrid model. So you can choose every week if you want to go in class or online, which I think is a great option. And I think they honestly should keep it for um, a while. Um, but online class, I think at first was a real struggle to kind of get used to. But now I'm used to it. Um, it's almost easier. Everything's on your laptop. Nothing's in paper. Um, you can always just set up meetings and see a professor on zoom and not have to walk in or have them come in every day. Um, but yeah, it was, it's been a great transition and um, hopefully I keep doing well in my school. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I guess like the only thing I, w- I prefer more about in-person classes is like the face-to-face interaction you get with yeah. the professor. I feel like you get more of a class when that happens, but I agree with you on the Zoom breakout rooms. Those things are super awkward. I wish they got rid of them. And, <laughs> it's, really awkward. and it's like hard to get work done too, because like the professor will like assign you assignments, like work in a group, talk about this, and you have to like write it down so you can get the participation points. And then mm-hmm. like you like speak up and like no one answers. So you just have to do it on your own. So you won't yeah. like... I lose the participation points. So I agree with you on that. That's probably the worst part about it. Yeah, I agree. Now, I guess like, what are your thoughts on the podcast since we last had you on? Um, no, I think this podcast is great. I think that you get a great mix of women and men and um, you get some great players on here um, on and off the ice. And I think it's really interesting and I think you should keep doing what you're doing because it's great. And I love hearing all about it. I appreciate it. I guess any guests that we should have on in the future? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Um, hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Honestly, any any guests. I think it's interesting to get to learn new people and um, what they're about. So. Yeah. I thought you were going to say your brother. I was like looking, waiting for Oh, that. actually, if you haven't had my brother on, you should. That'd be kind of cool. Definitely. Definitely. I would try to I would definitely see if I can work something out. I guess like, <laughs> what are some things you took away from the interview when we last had you on? Because it feels like a long time ago and it was obviously before the season started. So a lot has happened since then. Yeah, I think that, um, I think this was just a different interview. I think last interview, it was more of what should I expect for the year? And this interview is more about what happened this year and how I've reflected 
and um, what's next for me in the future. So I think that's definitely how these two differ. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Well, is there anything you'd like to talk about? Uh, I know I normally do shout outs, but if there's no shout outs you'd like to give, is there anything uh, you want to, I guess, address? The floor is all yours. Um, no, I just want to, I guess, again, I would just like shout out to my family and thank my grandparents, um, my grandpa and grandma, um, Bucca and Pepe, I call them. They watched every single game online. They were probably one of my biggest supporters, me and my brothers. Um, and it was just so great. I actually saw them yesterday for the first time and they were so excited for me. Um, and then I just want to thank my mom for everything she's done for me. And then um, my brother and sister for being so supportive and I love them all. And everyone who's got me to the point where I am today, I just greatly appreciate. And um, yeah, I thank you for having me on here and I hope you stay healthy and safe. Thank you. I agree. And thank you once again, Skylar, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You're obviously a great hockey player. I admire you a lot as a player, and I can go on and on and on about how great of a hockey player you are, but you're also an even better person off the ice. And I just want to let you know that you're super nice, super kind, and I really appreciate that. So I just want to let you know that. So take care, stay safe yourself, and I look forward to talking with you once again in the future. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. I really appreciate it and it means a lot to me. Make sure you follow our social media accounts and I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care everyone and have a great day. Bye. most in my life they say you're out of my league but i don't give a damn no deep down i know you want it you want to take a leap and jump in uh oh uh, uh. you want to fall in love you get